What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery now available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only We Make John Answer Questions podcast. That's fair. Yes, that's right. We are debuting a brand new segment this week. Um, it will return probably again at some point, but I'm not going to put any sort of timeline on when it may return. But it will that's, probably that's not be our style. No, we it'll don't probably points. no, it'll be some kind of reoccurring segment and some sort of rotation that is completely unpredictable. Who knows? Maybe one day we may do an entire episode of it because nothing's going to happen for the next while once they get through sort of the bulk of free agency here. So it's entirely possible that we may go down that road. Who knows? We may not do it again for two months. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out when shit happens. We'll be here. If nothing happens, we sure as hell won't. Potentially. I mean, sometimes we're kind of bored and we kind of just want to get on the mic and talk and have like four people listen to it because nothing's going on. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do, and, we do and, that and sometimes. That is, we've that been doing. I mean, we've basically been doing that for a year at this point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost two, really. Like, you, you know, that's the thing with us. I'm glad we we are both embrace the dumb guys because mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell we would have done this past year. We probably would have just gone on hiatus if we actually took this thing seriously. Right, right, and that would have drove me crazy because it's always an excuse to get my kids to bed because. Mm-hmm. Max knows when I'm podcasting, he needs to leave me alone in the basement and just stay in bed. Sounds like you just need to tell him you're podcasting more than you are. Huh. <laughs> Parenting advice with Joel. We could make that a thing, too. Yeah, listen to the guy with no kids. Yeah. That's... Yeah, but uh, I guess the guy with two and a third on the way, I... Wow, I've never thought of that myself. That's, uh... well, holy shit, I... <laughs> that's good. Regardless, yes, so I, uh, earlier, before uh, we decided to record this podcast, asked if anyone had any inquiries that we were going to record this evening, and then I would uh, be the good friend that I am, make John answer those questions. Of course, right. You know, there's, there's all kinds of mailbag episodes out there of podcasts where people just answer questions, or they answer a question episode, or do whatever that kind of thing will be. 
our twist on it is I'm going to collect questions and then just make John answer them. And because I do no research, um, <laughs> it'll be really off the cuff because, again, I just don't do research. There, to tease it, there is one question that I could have sworn he researched, but he didn't. This is stuff he knows. John True. actually knows something that makes him sound smart, which is probably perhaps the most mind-blowing part of this episode. <laughs> I, I, I love that, like, we opened up the call before we went on this. You're like, hey, do you actually know that thing about that stuff? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> actually. If you go on Twitter and find his conversation with Jacques Cartier, it looks entirely like he just ripped us off Wikipedia. But no, apparently John actually knows what he well, kind of knows what he's talking about here. As As much as one person with no scientific background and a love of the movie Interstellar could probably know. Absolutely. But we will talk CFL as well as, of course, free agency opened uh, with a bit of a flurry. And then it's kind of tapered off uh, basically since after about a few hours. And yeah, so we'll get into that. Everything the riders did, what they didn't do. And from then on, and then we're also going to have uh, a conversation about the media world right now in this Mm. country. But of Mm -hmm. course, before we get to all that, as promised, we are going to play a little game. Okay, I'm ready. I am going to make John answer questions that were submitted to us by people on Twitter. I'm not going to call them listeners because I honestly don't know if they're (laughs) actually listening to the podcast or not, if they ever listen. Like, that's, I think that's a fair assumption. Like, we know there's no one. They interact with us, but we don't know if they listen. Yes, that's entirely fair. Like, these are people we know on Twitter. I don't know if they actually listen or not. We'll see, I guess. (laughs) So we're going to open up with this one. Because okay. it doesn't really involve you knowing anything. Okay. Comes from Ferlin. Yes. Can you say she... I can't even say it once. Sea <laughs> shanty ten times fast. Sea <clears throat> shanty, sea 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 shanty. Was that ten? I wasn't really counting. There was one in there that was I don't think was a sea shanty. Uh, that's that's a sea shanty. <laughs> I was concentrating so freaking hard to not screw that up. Like I've been like mentally preparing that for that since I saw it on Twitter twenty minutes ago. So, uh, yeah, when I should have been like seeing who was still left in free agency. Nah, nah, nah. I was sitting in my bathroom going sea shanty, sea shanty, sea shanty. Ow now, brown cow. <laughs> yes. Unique Lovely. New York. Unique New York. Um, I think I almost pulled it off. You did pretty good. You did it a lot better than I thought you were going to do, if we're going to be entirely honest here. That's because I'm not drunk yet. Yeah, yet. Keyword being yet. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to kind of go back to back on these two because it uh, it makes sense, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Dave, also known as the guy who owns Indy the dog. Okay. Who doesn't give an F about anything. That's fair. Um, he proposes a rule change that the highest level of curling that would see teams limited to any combination of a total of three timeouts and blank ends. Thoughts? Wow. Question mark. I absolutely love it. Um, <sighs> realistically, you need you need your timeouts during the thinking time to, to, to obviously stop the time when you're starting to run out of it. And a lot of times curlers use blank ends to like regain the clock so basically if both teams to explain it to those who aren't curling fans you have a certain amount of time to think your decisions throughout a game right so basically a lot of times especially in the middle ends in the nationals and stuff like that like around the sixth seventh if time's running tight for both teams they won't go out and say it 
but somebody's throwing a rock in and everybody's just going peel, 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 peel to gain some time, right? So you have two things that are basically designed to save you time. Now, do you go the route of a blank end and perhaps leave your spell, leave yourself without any time to discuss the complicated situation in a later end when somebody's trying to steal on you? I think it's a good way to mitigate the blank ends without really punishing anybody. You're really changing the game, right? So I know myself, I would rather have the ability to have an extra timeout in those in those crunch time situations. I think to do that, though, you'd have to stretch out the timeout. You'd have to make mm-hmm. it maybe a minute, which may seem long, but by the time the coach comes on down, down the stairs and does the walk of shame and you get the old official there, well, I the, think... The curling timeouts are basically like the CFL 20-second clock. They don't start until it's whistled in, basically. Basically. Now, now to, aden- uh, to put an addendum to that rule that I love, by the way, I would go one step further and say you have three opportunities during the game to stop your thinking time for two full minutes. Now, whether that would be because you're having a discussion or they just pause the clock for two minutes, say you're running low on time in the ninth end. And it's a fairly open end. The end is going as as it should and say, okay, we're going to take a two minute pause to our timer. So except when you're, you know, so basically just like the clock pauses while you're throwing. You get two minutes that the clock is just paused. You can discuss, you can make a shot, you can just lay the broom down and go. And I think that would mitigate teams using the blank ends to pick up time. Because basically you're saying, and you lose that if you have a blank end. Both teams. So I think with I think that actually is sneaky the solution to the blank end problem. It's a pretty good solution, yeah. I would agree. I mean, there's, I like lots, there's lots of different ways you can go. I'm, I mean, for a lot of reasons, I think the game should be shortened to eight ends, which would do a lot for Universal, a lot of reasons. If you watch the slams, you're absolutely yeah. right, Joel. Like, if you watch the slams that are eight, there's, you don't... They also don't care engaged, as much. Exactly. But. In the ten <laughs> games, you basically burn two ends anyways, right? You yeah. maybe see, like, the only time you really see a blank so much in the slams is when both teams are low on time or when somebody just... Hasn't figured out the ice. One of those first two rocks goes in deep, right? So somebody's it's like an error leads to a blank. Yeah, so there's obviously just a bunch of different solutions to this problem. That's not what this episode. Maybe at some point, maybe we should do the annual 8N Nation episode down the road ahead of the Scotties and Briar. They'll be going out of the, the Calgary bubble, of course. Right. So that leads into our next question from friend of the show, Joe Pritchard. Yes. Got any Scotty slash Briar predictions? Hashtag 8N Nation. As I said, yes, of course I do. <laughs> um, I, I think this this is going to be a really different year with the bubble. Um, you're going to have a lot of teams that haven't, like, you even have teams that haven't curled together, but because of the way it's going to be set up this year with all the extra teams, they do have some time to figure it out. Um, Scotty's, to me, the favorite has to be Team Canada, Kerry Harrison. They're really one of the only elite teams that is really bringing everybody back that's actually curled together for more than, you know, a couple of weeks uh, on their own. So I think that instantly makes them the favorite. I mean, you've even got changes to Jones. You've got some teams that are opting out, like there's no Kristen McCarville. Team Saskatchewan's a senior team. Um, Another sneaky one, though, I would say, is the Tracy Fleury team with Chelsea Carey there. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's a talented team, despite the fact that Tracy Fleury doesn't have a ton of experience, but basically they just went out and picked up because, again, this is the joy of being the wildcard team. You can do whatever the hell you want. And I guess technically Chelsea Carey has Manitoba birthright exemption, but I definitely think they're one to, to look out for. You know, it, it, it's going to sound funny, but I think Skip is the most interchangeable position in a curling team out of any of them. Like, I just, I, I think it's easier to replace a skip than replace a third or replace somebody in the front end. So, I would definitely say Team Canada is the favorite. Watch out for Chelsea Carey. Uh, men's side, I I got I got to go with my boys. I got to go with Team Mike McEwen. You know, I, I, I have to. They're my friends. Colin Hodgson is a dear friend of mine and always will be. Uh, speaking of friends of mine, uh, Kirk Myers coming on to Team Saskatchewan. Now, here's another thing I like with Team Saskatchewan this year. Talking about teams that have actually played together. Um, they actually, like, believe it or not, largely live in the same province. So they can all b -b -b breaking news. <laughs> Right? Right? Get the breaking news sound, Joel. I love that breaking news sound. <laughs> Um, and especially to like, like adding Kirk Myers to that team is not as much of a change as some of these other teams because Kirk's curled with Muscawi with Kidby before, uh, Maddie Dunstone is just going to make shots. You know, that's what he's going to do. So really high hopes for, for Saskatchewan this year. But of course, I mean, you got, you got some absolute studs. I mean, like oh, it's a stacked field with the extra wildcard teams. Oh, it's unbelievable how stacked this is. I mean, you got Botcher who's, you know, who's actually made, um, he was he was finals. and he's the Alberta representative over some other pretty big names. So, yeah, yeah, he made it over Cooey, and I can tell you, I I uh, I did play by play for for these guys have worn my hearts because I did play by play this summer for a virtual curling spiel uh, for Lupus, and I was commentating on Darren Molding's game, and we decided to start something we called Tarps Off for Lupus. <laughs> So Darren Molding of Team Alberta, I I I went tarps off. The 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 guy he was playing went tarps off. He went tarps off and uh, raised a bunch of money for lupus. So I'm sure uh, you, you hit what? your goal pretty quick once your shirt came off. Um, <laughs> I angled the camera in a way that actually like I was very high angled that you could only really like I'm your typical guy that just gets it just kind of gets real fat and hairy after about the pectoral region. Did you put some and like it was Vaseline on the lens? Like Homer, I, sh I, I, what I did instead of Homer Simpsoning it, I just made sure the shot cut off just below my pecs, and it was actually like at the end of curling season. So like right now, I have pierogi man boobies, but because of sweeping, it's not terrible during curling season. So, um, yeah, I managed to totally deceive all our viewers to perhaps think that maybe I look good with a shirt off. Anybody that knows me can vouch that is a lie. So. Uh, tarps off for lupus. Uh, I got to go team Alberta. I finally patched the hole in my wall that Jason Gunlinson from Manitoba made. So, uh, Gunner, the hole's fixed. I figure that's been cursing you as well, but yeah, it's just, it's going to be a ton. It's going to be a ton of fun, uh, absolute <coughs> ton of fun to watch. So, um, I'm, I'm, I think, I, 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 think what? I think the whole thing's just going to be fun because these teams are basically going in so cold without so little competition. It's just going to be, it's going to be chaos. And it's going to be great. Well, and on, and, on, and on the men's side, I think you have more cohesiveness. Yeah. You know, and as we get closer, I think you are going to have people maybe opt out. But it just seems like the women's side, because of, of, of family and career commitments uh, and, and like more common sense. These, 
or exactly <laughs> saying no we don't we don't want to i'm i'm with you on that i like i couldn't i could even if i got a phone call from one of my friends to say we need a fifth come play in the briar i couldn't do it yeah i could not be away that long i just i couldn't do it so um so sorry uh team manitoba team northern ontario uh wildcard teams that i'm all eligible for mm-hmm. and right. i guess team saskatchewan yeah so a couple more before we get on to the actual point of this episode. Um, All right. Next one from Fake Gainer. <laughs> Will you watch any of the hashtag FCFL? I had to look up what that was, which is the fan-controlled football league. And if not, can you lie and briefly discuss it for 30 seconds? <laughs> uh, I will it sounds not. like I... a cluster fuke, but I'm uh, interested in the presentation aspect. Fuke load of camera, lighting, etc. You can learn new things even from a dumpster fire. I'll hang up and listen. Drive safe. I think I can learn new things even from a dumpster fire is, is <laughs> what this is. Isn't that like um, the last year? It, it, it is. <laughs> like, I, I am, I am like, as, as, a, as a broadcast nerd, I'm looking forward to seeing the extra camera angles and how that stuff always seems to find its way into, like... Did you know that John Murphy's going to be on the broadcast crew? Really? Yeah, I saw him like his like draft NFL draft diamonds or whatever. At least on like an online draft on like an online feed or something. He's going to be on the broadcast crew for that. I I've interviewed you and I have both interviewed Murph. I, I mean, don't we think every be on a broadcast crew. Well, we know he doesn't. He he's he just loves to talk all the time. So maybe it's a good spot for him. That's that's fair. But there's not a lot of substance behind the talk. He's one of those guys that you'll do a two minute interview with him. And you'll be like, oh, okay, great. I got some content. You listen back to it at the studio and you just go, shit, I have nothing. It's just talk. Anyway, Um, to answer the actual question, though. To get to the actual question, uh, it's football. So, of course, at some point, if it's on my TV, I am going to check it out. Hmm. I think the concept of fans calling plays and voting and all that, it's kitschy. It's gimmicky. It's dumb. I hate it. I sound like a cranky old man right now. Just like coaches are there for a reason to call plays. Like I, yeah, Uh, just let me watch some football. I do like what they're doing as, as fake gainer says, um, some of the lighting, the cameras, some of the field level stuff, but you and I have already talked about that. That was a huge thing we loved about the XFL Mm -hmm. and anything that gives that kind of access like that XFL. I want to see worked into broadcast. I have been thoroughly enjoying, like, it's always, like, that, that right after the, the Superb Owl, mm-hmm. um, after the Superb Owl game, and you get, like, the NFL films mic'd up, I've been enjoying some of that almost as much as I enjoy Drunk AF Tom Brady. He is my spirit animal. No, you can handle your booze better than he can. Well, I, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But like I said to you, when, when we were talking about Tom Brady... As I said to you, if next year we actually win the Pizza Hut E event at the Saskatoon Men's Bond Spiel, I'm going to be Tom Brady like that, walking out of the Granite Curling Club. You are going to be holding me up, <laughs> loading me into my Sienna minivan while Lacey goes, are you fucking kidding me? It's the E event! Yeah, the excellent event. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm taking a drink. You almost got a spit take through my nose and fuck We tease it off the top, and this is the question where John gets to... Uh, Make himself sound smart. Mm-hmm. Smarter than he did through the curling stuff, which is stuff he, like, actually knows about. But this is, like, true. S- smart stuff that he probably shouldn't know about, but kind of does. Now, he's not going to be launching any rockets into space anytime soon, but 
you can at least fake it. Mm-hmm. So this comes from Jacques Cartier, formerly fake Mark Cohen on Twitter. Does general relativity or quantum mechanics apply to black holes? My argument is both. Although technically neither can exist at the same time because general relativity is basically saying that everything has a spot in time. Well, quantum mechanics is things can exist outside of time. If you actually read into quantum mechanics, if you go down to the quantum level, things just like phase in and out of appearance, okay? Uh, General relativity is Einstein's theory of relativity that says the faster you are moving, the slower time goes, okay? Um, It also says that gravity has an effect on time, which is essentially a big plot point in the movie Interstellar, one of my favorite movies of all time, right? So the thing is with black holes, there's varying theories on black holes. One of them being that black holes may connect to other universes. So basically, as you get closer to a black hole, everything just becomes utter chaos. Got particles everywhere. They're slowed down by by the fact that gravity is 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 moving. Gravity is so intense. Everything is moving. Like it, uh, to to explain it best, Joel. Um, if I was beside a black hole, and you weren't, you would be looking at me, and I'd be moving very slowly. But to me, time would be moving normally as I drink my beer. So the closer you get to a black hole or a gravitational well, the slower things go, and it's just everything is just chaos. So. Um, I actually said to Jacques Cartier, I do believe that both could exist in a in the theory of a black hole because, you know, all in theory, black holes are touching other dimensions, quantum. That's the thing. Black holes are apparent, could potentially be holes between dimensions, between universes, all out in space, while quantum mechanics is also saying that, that things can be happening in other dimensions, and this has all been proven by science. So I think black holes are both messing with relativity which is the relative flow of time and could also be messing with other dimensions quantum states things existing in two dimensions at once so to Jacques Cartier's point although technically impossible from our understanding of physics that both can exist at the same time I believe in a black hole you could potentially see both exist okay I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm a low key, you can see, like, you can see why, is... you can see why I thought he Googled that, right, everyone? Like, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, this is like, this is one of my passions is is relativity and 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 quantum mechanics and thinking that you know we can all exist and it, 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 like parts of quantum mechanics basically say that every decision a person makes splits off and creates a new reality. So just like you decided to ask me that question. There's another reality in which you just said, I should just ask him what beer he's drinking because I know he's going to go on for a while and I'm not going to understand any of it. Yeah, that's entirely fair. There's also another dimension. I'm not saying I I didn't understand it. I just wasn't really paying much attention. Fair. There's also another, you know, back into quantum mechanics, there's also another universe in which I actually watched football practice and we never became such good friends. I don't like that universe, but it's all saying that, you know, had had like alternate reality John actually done his job rather than just bullshitting with Joel the whole time, you know, there's another universe where the three down green cast doesn't exist. And I don't like that universe. There's also another universe where I stayed in broadcasting and probably got laid off by a bunch of cocksuckers named Bell. <laughs> I think that is the first time quantum realities and the word cocksucker have ever gone together. Probably. I, I can't imagine another scenario where that would happen. 
Hashtag brand new sentence. It's <laughs> <laughs> breaking down barriers here on the Three Down Greencast, brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. <laughs> uh, I can't believe we're still going to be sponsored after that. <laughs> Should, should I should I tell Haji and Dunk that I apologize in advance or just make Ah, <laughs> uh, they won't care. They know we're idiots. It's okay. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. We're like we're like the black sheep of the podcasts on the website. I, I'm, I think they know that by now when they're fine with it. They keep I don't ask, know. they keep they, they keep letting us do this and they keep bringing me along with their plans for like world domination with this website. So I mean, well, and they like actually like retweet us and stuff now. I'm like, huh. Are we like no longer the like stepchild? Is I don't know. Ma- maybe they. I think we are. They just have come to accept us for who we are. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. So yes, we will get into uh, CFL free agency in a minute here, and I was just inspired by the noise I just heard very faintly in the background there. Before That's we right. get into all that, as usual, John, uh, what is in the glass this week? In the glass, you know, there's there's days where it was a it was a hard day at work, and the guy just goes. I need an excuse to buy some beer, and I go, hey, I'm podcasting tonight. So walk into the Sobeys Liquor Store, and I found something on the shelf that isn't there necessarily all the time. But when it is, it's a little expensive, but you want to put it in your face hole. Uh, that is the Black Bridge Brewery. Okay, that should be the one Furlan tries to get me to say ten times fast. Black Bridge Brewery. I can't do it. Uh, Uno IPA. Um, if you like IPAs. You're going to love the Uno IPA. It is going to be near the top of your list. If you don't like the citrusy, hazy IPA, Uno IPA. Put it in your face. Mm-hmm. It is delightful. It is good. It's basically, you... it's basically a single version of their double IPA, hence the name. And because it's a single version, it's not like a 7-8%. Uh, it is a 5.8, which does have some teeth and has that alcohol taste I like. Um but, but I it's, can... it's, it's not a one and done. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. And I have two more within grabbing range here for tonight for the end of the podcast when Angry John is most certainly to come out. So until then, I'm just going to smile, listen to what you're drinking, and enjoy my Blackbridge Brewery Uno IPA. Uh, for me, I am dreaming of summer and spring as we sit here in uh, minus 33 degree weather. Uh, Regina... Minus 40 this morning. Yeah. Even though you'll you hear arguments from people that wind chill is kind of a made-up thing, uh, Regina in basically on pace to shatter a record for days in a row or hours in a row at a wind chill below minus 40. So, woo, go us. Woo. Um, I mean, at this point, I saw it earlier on like a weather record account on Twitter. It's like, well, it's number two. We might as well go for number one at this point. And it was less than a day away. So it's not good. It's, it's going to get there is basically the point of all that. Well, well, it, well and, and with that, it's funny. I never thought that minus like... I'm off for the next five days here as we record this on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I've made plans to take Max skating at my friend's outdoor rink in his backyard, mm-hmm. which is socially distanced okay when it's minus 15 because I'm like, minus 15, it's going to be balmy. Let's take him skating. Yep. you got a patio heater. We'll mask up. We'll distance. I'll bring some beers. Pitter-patter. Yep. It was like I saw um, from friend of the show, Mark Heisey of Rebellion Brewing. But it was a little meme of his, there was the old beach life photo shoot he did where it's like all snow around him, but he's on a beach towel and sandal shorts and a t-shirt. And and and, and it and, says and it's not warming living up to the imagination either with yeah. these shorts. No, um, and it said uh, warming up to minus twenty six this weekend in Regina, like, and you know, because it's 
it's going to be warm this weekend compared to what it's been a little bit. So yes, because I am dreaming of summer, um, I am drinking the Nicomas Craft Ales Golden Ale. Just one of those nice, easy summer beer drinking kind of days where it's just a beer that tastes like beer. And when you want a beer that tastes like beer, it's one of the ones you should go for. Yes, yes. I would say that uh, and the P.O.B. Scarth Street Blonde as well to talk about our sponsors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we can keep those dollars and beers flowing. Absolutely. Most importantly, the beers. Um, yeah, yeah. the dollars don't matter. We just we just need the beers. Uh, people who could afford some beers now, uh, a number of players across the CFL signing in free agency uh, this week. That was on Tuesday. The floodgates opened. And for a few hours, I mean, it got a little slow off the top other than Justin Dunk breaking like 800 stories at once. And Dunk then... bomb! <laughs> it's just like dunk bomb, dunk bomb, dunk bomb, dunk bomb after dunk bomb. It and was a, so good. And it, Hodge in there too, so yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, Hodge bombs, Hodge bombs. Um, <laughs> there were so many dunk bombs, it blew that terrible fedora right off of Hodge's head. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and the riders um, proved us both wrong and were surprisingly busy on the first day. Um, but they were busy, but I wouldn't say in a bad way. They, I don't think no. they went out of their way and did anything that you were like, huh. But for the most part, everyone they signed, I think, serves a purpose in this team, and it filled holes that, that now existed on this team heading into free agency. Right. So basically, I think when you're looking at the big picture and where the team is at, when you're going into a year when you're not really sure when and if the season is going to start, you don't really want too many sort of question marks among your starters. There isn't really going to be, you're not really expecting a long, expensive cap, uh, camp. You're not really expecting many, if any, preseason games probably so you don't really know you're just gonna probably have to jump into the fire week one and go at it so you probably want a roster that's as close to set as you can possibly get for that week one game rather than you know say uh you know we, we you know for example if the riders you know if this was a normal year where you weren't sure about where things were going you could say okay, you know, yeah, okay, Charleston Hughes is gone. We're going young on the D-line. We're going to try out these guys at defensive tackle and see if anything works out. And if nothing works out, then we'll, you know, kind of see who's out there among veteran circles that hasn't been signed yet and bring them in. Instead, Jeremy O'Day, Jeremy O'Day looked at it, you know, I think logically and said, maybe we should try to bring Mika Johnson back because we don't know when the season's going to start, start and what it's going to look like when it does. So we should probably have a guy in that spot that knows what he's doing rather than breaking in some rookies. And, oh, yeah, he's still one of the best guys in the league at doing what he does there. Yeah, and and you said it best, Joel. Is is every hole the riders seem to have lost through the offseason, the very long offseason? I, I love the riders signing Evan Johnson on the O-line. There's mm -hmm. your Dakota Sheffley replacement right there. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a guy – I love it when I've I, – I, there's only a handful of them left, but when I got to see a guy at the U Sports level, got to know him, he played for the Huskies, like just a dominant O lineman mm -hmm. back to his Husky days. So that to me, I love the fact he went out and got him. Uh, same thing you said, Mika Johnson. You know, as soon as Charles, it was clear. And this is again the thing I love with Jeremy O'Day, and he does it every single offseason. He makes his decisions early mm -hmm. and then moves on to a different plan. If Charleston said, yeah, I would have played for 130, no problem. We have Charleston Hughes there. We don't get Mika Johnson. Yeah. It's just it doesn't happen. So the second that Jeremy O'Day, rather than ho-hum, ho-hum, what am I going to do up to the deadline, Jeremy O'Day says, okay, no problem. We're moving on. 
plan B, great, you signed in Toronto, that's fantastic, good for you, all the best. Hey, Micah Johnson, we got the cap space, let's do this, right? It, mm -hmm. it just was like, O'Day moved quickly, he moved decisively, He there was no last-minute negotiations, and I know, like Dunk said on the website, you know, it, it came out, you know, I believe uh, it was either today or yesterday, talking about how, how Cam Judge isn't going to be with the Riders anymore. Yeah, Haji wrote and, that, but yeah. Sorry, I, I, we now have two insiders with two R's on insider. Um, so, Haji, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm only used to having the one guy to give all the shout-outs to. So, with with that being said, the fact that, you know, O'Day just basically went and said, okay, here's the spot. This guy's not going to be here. Let's move on, right? So, mm -hmm. even with, and I mean this is no disrespect to Saul. Solomon Elamimian, there's another name I should never try to say ten times fast, but he he's great. He's a legend, CFL Hall of Famer. That's all, all, all said and done. But Larry Dean is definitely a capable replacement. More than capable, so, yeah. So, so same thing. Like, you you know, Saul's great. So is Dean. So I don't think you're going to see a big drop-off. The only spot that concerns me, and again, you, you have to give Jeremy O'Day all the credit in the world. He knew Cam Judge wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? He goes out and signs the twins. Yeah. Both of whom I think have starting potential. I just, I mean, they're not going to be Cam Judge. No. No, they're definitely not. But, but both of them, like, all of a sudden you've got, <laughs> you've got somebody starting, somebody else backing up in that spot that you want to go at linebacker with a Canadian. And both are just demons on special teams as well. So I, I yeah, think. When you, when you can, when you can sign a guy. You can sign a Canadian and his backup in the same swoop. Now, whether they're at the same level, it's a solid move. Now, that's not to say, like, losing Cameron Judge is still a huge blow to what this team is capable of. It, he was one of, if not their best defensive player last year, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yes, so absolutely. So it is a big loss, but, you know, to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit when you, you know, there's always the will they or won't they sort of thing leading up to free agency every year. But really, if you... These things get done so early in CFL circles, usually most contract extensions. If a guy's going to sign an extension, it's probably happened, like, even probably even months before they even announced it. Like, a lot of these get done early, and they just kind of roll them out throughout the course of time to keep in the news. Str well, well, strong well, communication well, strategy. And basically, if, you know, if you get it to, like, say, two weeks a week before the opening or the opening of the now negotiation window... If you yeah. get to that point and a guy hasn't signed yet, or they haven't announced a signing yet with that team, he's at the very least going to test the market before re-signing. That's just, that's just the right. way it is. So at this point, Cameron Judge apparently has a workout with the Las Vegas Raiders, which, good for him. I think both of us are a little surprised he's getting it, given the last year. Not that he's, yeah. not, not, that he's not NFL quality. I think at the very least, he can follow a Brian Peters-type path and be a pretty solid special teamer for a few years down there. Right. And so maybe he sticks on there. And then the whole thing's a wash anyway because no one has him. Now, well, there's, lo there's, there's lots of rumblings that he may be going to Toronto should he not get this Las Vegas job, which we all hope he does get for not because we don't want him in Toronto, but because he just, he's, frankly deserves to be in the NFL. Yeah, he, he is NFL caliber. Uh, he's NFL talent. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy played at UCLA and his, uh, his girlfriend's from down south as well. Yeah. So, so basically, you know. Jeremy O'Day said, okay... You're testing the market. That's fine. That's cool. Hinak Mwamba's doing the same thing. He always does that, and I kind of respect him for it. And 
instead of just waiting around and humming and hawing and hoping that maybe Cameron Judge is going to have a you know a turn of heart or whatever the difference. I don't know what caused. There's no no one's wrong in this situation why Cameron Judge may or may not be back in Saskatchewan. Right. It, it could be it could be a mutual thing. It could be a Cameron Judge thing. It could be it could be whatever. It could be. It doesn't matter. Instead of just waiting around, O'Day said, "Okay, I gotta do the next best thing for my team now because I'm not gonna be able to keep this guy." And that's what he went and got the Herdman Reeds. Well, well, and the other thing too, I think with this year with teams may or may not just spend to the floor and we don't know where the cap's going to be at. I think we can assume the rider's going to be close to the floor, just, you know, kind of doing some math and seeing guys Mm -hmm. staying and taking pay cuts and maybe not signing for as much money as they normally would have. But I think unlike past years where the riders could have said to Cam Judge, okay, here's $300,000 come play with us, you know, get some more film, one year deal, whole bunch of money. You're no team except apparently Toronto. That's John Murphying all of the John Murphyings. Um, I think everybody else is going to have a couple tough decisions and go. Mm-hmm. Okay, do we do we empty up? Do we back up the the dump truck full of cash to Cam Judge or do we sign the twins? You know, maybe accept a downgrade because I would say out of free agency. That's the, you know, the Canadian linebacker spot the Riders are going with. Mm -hmm. That is the only spot I look at at what they did and go, okay, that is a step down. But here's here's the the other side of that coin now. Because they signed Canadian linebackers, there is flexibility within that there now. If some of these Americans they sign or some Americans they have on the roster a linebacker outperform the Twins... Right, you do have Ilabuka. You do have other. You do have other people in the safe in the, in the secondary or receiver, or maybe we'll see what they do in the draft. Like you have other spots where you could flip Canadian instead and go all American linebacker. Because I would say right now, the Riders have the potential if they wanted to, to start eight Canadians. Which maybe is, maybe is... maybe nine if you really wanted to push it because Evan Johnson has played some tackle. So if you really wanted to, you could maybe flip him out to right tackle. Maybe Matlin Riley's ready to start. And all of a sudden, you got four Canadian offensive linemen, and that makes a big change too, right? Well, I mean, that makes a big change. And you look at when the Riders have been most dominant the past couple decades, they have Mm -hmm. either had that strong, strong Canadian O-line or strong Canadian receiving core with the old, you know, Royal Canadian Air Force, right? Mm -hmm. It it allows them to to do – it's roster flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's – and it's funny that – I almost feel like I'm explaining this on a podcast to, you know, but I guess we get lots of new CFL fans that are listening that the fact that you don't have to be locked in with your Canadian positions mm-hmm. is generally a sign of a very, very good CFL team. Yeah. Canadian well, look, look, depth. We talked about, it, I think, last year with the last time they played, the depth was pretty good. And the last yeah. time, the last time they had depth anywhere near that level, and I don't, even, I don't even think in 2019 it wasn't quite at this level, but it was in 2013 where they had at least nine, and I believe you could even, you really could have stretched it if you really wanted to, the 10 starting caliber Canadians on that team yep. in 2013. Yeah, exactly, and that 2013 team is an is an all time team. I don't care what that that team was being built three years before that team was a thing. They knew it was coming. Opened up the pocketbooks, developed some guys around there, and went, "Okay, we're winning the Grey Cup at home at Taylor Field." So, and, and well, and it's funny. This is interesting. And just to get off topic a little bit, but kind of not really. 
is friend of the show and I, CBC's Dan Plaster, were having a conversation the other day. Because he brought up a point that right now, Ben Heenan is only 31 years old. <laughs> if he doesn't retire, how big of a change does that make for this franchise? If he, if his heart was still in football and not farming, which I mean, again, I'm not, this is not a knock on him for choosing that life. This is, that's what he wanted to do. And that's great. And I'm glad he was able to make a decision that he wanted to do and, you know, follow his passions in life rather than playing sports because it's a thing you should be doing or something because you're really good at it. Right. And yeah, he was in the NFL for a little bit, so maybe he doesn't come back. I don't know. But in theory, I think he probably ends up, he probably comes back and he's a stalwart on this team. And then all of a sudden, like that just, that just, that just sets up and flips this franchise for so much longer if he doesn't retire. One of the great what ifs, because, you know, back to my space and quantum talk, (laughs) there is a reality (laughs) that Ben Heenan does not retire. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it would have created some interesting cap scenarios for them. Because, you know, Brennan Labatt, Ben Heenan, Dan Clark, you know, that's three guys that, I mean, Ben Heenan at some point would have probably won top offensive lineman, at least been, you know, nominated and would have at least been, you know, an all-star a few times, just like Brennan Labatt is basically every year. And just like Dan Clark rightly earned last year. And, and, And I can tell you, I can tell you, I have watched Ben Heenan crush beers and Brennan Labatt crush beers. Great guys. Always a sign of a great offensive lineman, a guy that can crush some food and beer. So, you know, yeah, go into the Hall of Fame of beer crushing. Mm-hmm. To go totally off topic. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I, so I think just overall, like, okay, maybe the Riders, they're not super strong. They're not, you're not, you're not, they're not Hamilton. You're not going to sit there and say, okay, this is a team that is guaranteed that you think is like the closest thing to a lock and making playoffs. But I don't, I mean, in terms of making the great cup, but I don't like the whole picture of the league ever. It's been so long since we've watched anyone play. It's impossible to say anything about basically anyone at this point. I think the only thing I could say about sort of what to expect right now, and I've told this to some other people and some of the conversations they have when we're talking about the potential 2021 season is, and I know a lot of other people feel this way. So this is hardly a unique thought is I think right now, when you're talking about sort of where teams are at in the CFL, I think you have Hamilton, a strong number one, Mm-hmm. You have Ottawa, a likely nine, and yep. whatever happens in between is anyone's guess. A uh, little bias here, I would say I, I, I'd put Winnipeg at one A. Only because the last time we saw football, the Bombers basically had this same lineup. They did a really good job of keeping everybody together, but they don't have anyone behind Zach Caleros really. That we like, I mean, they they like Sean McGuire. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe he steps in and is fine. But we always know Caleros is one hit away, and that's what holds me back on Winnipeg. That's that's true. But I mean, we're I mean, I think talent talent wise, roster wise, I think they're one A. With that being, I mean, they fall to like four, five, six if 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 Caleros goes down. But yeah, his injury history just reminded me of that. Even yeah. though they went out and got Mitchell, but like, like I'm not I'm not I'm not saying it's not impossible. Like I think I think especially in the West. You could make an argument for just about any team to win the division, and I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I could see that happening." I don't know if I'd well, nece- I don't know if I'd necessarily agree, but I think all five teams you could make some degree of an argument, and I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I could see that happening." In the w- east, w- in the east, not quite so much. I think it's likely Hamilton and probably Montreal at this but even, point. But maybe Toronto and then Ottawa. 
but 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 that's but that's it like yeah and and that's why oh god i hope we have a 2021 season <laughs> for that point exactly mm-hmm. like like especially usually... especially with the schedule finally being unbalanced for once and it's going to be fun to watch so many interdivisional games yes and it likely eliminates the crossover and you're going to have just a you know sort of a standard playoff setup and it's just i think that's going to make a big difference especially to the perception of the East, we are going to have at least two teams that are going to be over 500. Yes. Well, and again, like we talked about this a couple of years ago. It was always like, uh, you know, Montreal, eh, Ottawa, eh, you know, Mm -hmm. this year. And I always go back to 2011 when the best team in the league in 2011 was 10 and eight. I think 2021 could have serious 2011 vibes where it's like, holy crap, like, you're winning a division at, like, 11-7 and because everybody else is just that damn good except Ottawa and, oh, poor Ottawa. But I I, I, I mean, it's it's hard to really say this in a context of the 2021 season where we don't really have expectations for a lot of teams yet, where we don't really know what to think of them. But historically... And it's pretty much always proven to be true in CFL circles is you can always expect one team that you think is going to be really good to be bad. And you can expect one team that you think is going to be bad to be good. It happens pretty much every year. The problem this year is we only think we know one team that's going to be good and one team's going to be bad. And I don't feel like we're going to be wrong about them. Well, no. Uh, (laughs) Maybe Ottawa. Maybe Ottawa can be better than we think, but it's a pretty low bar to cross at this point. So that that's yeah. We're we've got them on like a historically bad, like Ottawa Renegades level of bad. Um, Meanwhile, the uh, yeah, I just I it it goes back to the point of like Zach Caleros going down. All of a sudden, Winnipeg is a meh team, Mm -hmm. right? Does Vernon Adams, you know, regress after a year of being an Uber Eats driver? Like, it's just, there's so many unknowns. Do, do some of these guys, and we mentioned them, like Brendan Labatt, Dan Clark, like, imagine how good those guys, their bodies are going to feel. Mm-hmm. And then that's true of guys across the league. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think I think you're going to see a resurgence in a lot of veteran guys that, you know, a lot of these guys, when was the last time they had they had two full years to for their body to just heal? Probably never. Right? I mean, they're still working out. They're still staying in game hmm. shape. They're still eating right. They're still, but like. But there's, uh, there's like, 50, there's like 12 to 18 games less physical strain on their body right now. Right. They're, they're not getting like, and that's the number one thing you talk to football players. It's, it's not the, any retired football player you talk to. It was never the, oh, I, I, I tore a hamstring, I tore an ACL. You know, those uh, guys rehab those every single day of the week. It's that beating, that that beating on your hands, your knees. Especially every... back in the day when, like, you padded up, like, every practice. <laughs> well, that's it, which is ridiculous in retrospect. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I got to know when I used to work with him, and I was still considered a friend, is is Rhett McLean, who, who played for the Eskimos and played for the U.S. Huskies, and... And I'll never forget, Rhett's biggest line to me was at 31 or 32, he retired. Because mm-hmm. he's like, my hands still look like hands. <laughs> and, 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 like, that's, that's the thing. He was an offensive lineman, so mm-hmm. they normally get, you know, broken fingers and stuff they play through. Like, imagine these guys, like, imagine a Brendan Labatt huh. and a Dan Clark, healthy, recovered, feeling strong. And that's, I hope Zach Caleros is healed. <laughs> 
<laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. I am in next year is year one of my three year grace period. Exactly. Where I'm not allowed to actually bitch how bad the bombers are. Don't get me started on the Boston Red Sox. That's the whole other thing. No, we're not. We're not going down that road in this podcast. Maybe down. Maybe in a few weeks when we have nothing to talk about, we'll uh, we'll discuss that and open some wounds for John Fraser. Just have the bleep button ready. Yeah. Speaking of the bleep button, um, I hate to have to do this. We we generally don't like to crap all over media on this program. Well, except John and Saskatoon Media Group, but. <laughs> <laughs> they treated me like shit for a lot of years. Um, but it's been it's been a couple of weeks in the Canadian media landscape, and you all know the stories by now. Um, Bell slashed hundreds, literally hundreds of jobs days after their bullshit mental health campaign, as usual. Um, it's something that comes every year, but this year seemed to be particularly painful, um, probably under the disguise of COVID, even though they took a bunch of money from the government and then up their... Uh, payment to shareholders and the whole shebang. And, you know, some of it you can kind of get at times, some of it you can't. And, you know, both of us are veterans of this industry. I've been through what a lot of these guys have been through. Um, you know at some point, if you stay in the industry long enough, it's going to come for you. There's there's no question about it. You cannot avoid that at some point you're either going to get fired, laid off, or some way or another it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff that happened in the last couple of weeks, you can you can kind of see it at times, even though the optics and there's a lot of reasons why so shouldn't have happened, at least at this point. Regardless, the problem is the parent company, the one of the largest companies, not only in Canada, but in the world, quite frankly, yep. um, on the heels of their mental health promotion, basically decided to fire these guys and gals by... Email, voicemail, text message. Nothing really, no heads up, no warning, no nothing. Just, and especially um, the one that really hit hard for me was this past week where out of nowhere, uh, TSN Radio in Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Hamilton were all just abruptly ended. And they were basically, from the stories, it sounds like they were given 30 minutes to pack their shit and leave. Yep. And... The sign. The signs were down in Winnipeg that afternoon. Yeah, like, and you know, as former radio guys, you know when. You, and I was told this in radio school, even, and I don't think they ever anticipated it to this degree. Um, what is going on in the industry right now? But you know, at some point, you're probably going to let go. And there's always the uh, there is always an opportunity. There's always a chance that the format could flip on you when everyone's out the door. So yep. you, you live with that. You know that's going to happen at some point or it very well could happen. You have, you have an understanding of that when you get into this industry. Yep. You expect to be treated human out the door. And for me, that's really where this has just drawn the line for me. All the other stuff is bullshit to begin with because yep. of the you, you just look at the financial records of Bell and there's no reason for this in general. But regardless, they're a corporation. They can make their choices. But if you're going to make those choices... Treat these people like human beings, especially yes. when you pretend to give a crap about mental health. Yes. And you're you're right about that, Joel. Uh, I was fortunate enough to never – I was never fired or laid off in my radio career, but mm-hmm. I also twice went into the automotive industry when I saw the writing on the wall. One, the most recent being four years ago when I remember saying to Lacey, okay, I need to get out because I see this coming. I see, you know, it's one thing, to me it's one thing 
for your new caps now stingrays for your rolcos that are at their core 100 radio companies mm-hmm. i get it you're gonna have to cut bodies when revenues go down you don't have any other revenue streams it's just basic math you don't have two billion in the bank like bell does you didn't just take 120 billion or million of taxpayer money and say, oh, we won't lay anybody off. And go ahead and lay people off. Well, you're, again, you're pretending to care about mental health. And it, it, it's it's funny because, and, and I said this to you, and I'm glad that, you know, you're my friend and you understand this, that mm-hmm. the night of the layoffs, you know, it was funny. You always thought in broadcasting, if I get to TSN, I'm safe. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like when I worked for CJWW. I was like, this is a heritage station. The odds of it flipping, changing, being bought out are slim. There was always still that I still once had to print off every article I wrote for our shitty freaking webpage to prove to the GM and ownership that I was doing a job. That's a thing that happened. This is just radio for you. Like, uh, you know that day is coming. So I think, and like I said to you, hearing about this, like, I drank way too much vodka and ate way too much shit that night because I was just, it was like that anxiety just comes back. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in a very safe position at a very good company that has no, like, we're the number one Toyota store in Saskatchewan, and I'm I'm safe unless I do something really stupid but still, I'm sitting here in my basement hearing about these layoffs and, like, thinking to myself, like, it's just like that PTSD of, like, okay, who's next? What's what's next? Who's getting cut next? And and to find out that, like, all these people found out by voicemail, by text from other people that had heard about it. Social media, robocalls, yeah, the whole thing. Like, fucking Marshall Ferguson was ready to do a CFL free agency show that afternoon. Yeah. He had no idea. He had plans. He had he had he had guys like Duncan Hodge lined up to come on and talk about CFL free agency that day. Next thing you know, he doesn't have a job anymore. And I don't know how the hell he got on the sports cage with our our good friend Derek Taylor. I don't know how he did that. I would be so shit faced drunk. <laughs> like <laughs> never mind free agency. I would have been a zesty mess, but like I just, and this is my thing. TSN and Bell basically have the exclusive rights to the CFL. You have now taken away in Hamilton. They don't have any other sports radio. They've got, yeah, I mean, you get the fan in Hamilton that and will never talk about CFL because they're by Rogers. Does TSN Toronto get into Hamilton? I assume so, eh? Oh, they do, but... Yeah. Do you really think the guys from Overdrive that are three no, former no. hockey bros that are basically caricatures off of Letterkenny are going to ever talk about, oh, great, Austin Matthews took a shit today? They're, they That would be the lead story over anything the CFL has ever done on TSN radio. Meanwhile, you had Bello and Marsh. You had that whole crew there talking about the CFL, which the city of Hamilton gives a damn about. Mm-hmm. Right now in Winnipeg, if you're pit, if you want to phone up and say I am so glad that the bomber signed Bryant Mitchell, that's what I want to do right now. <laughs> Said you have some piece of shit radio station that nobody's going to listen to called Funny Twelve Ninety. 
guess what? If I want to listen to stand-up comedy, I'm going to go to a podcast. Or YouTube or television or... Yeah. Anything. Yep. Like, like that's, this is the stupid thing. If you want... This is the... Like they're just shooting themselves in the foot so badly. If you it was want... it was, it was um, Andrew Buckholz of Awful announcing, uh, formerly of Yahoo Sports, he used to write a lot about the CFL when he was with them. Yep. Um, had yep. the good he had the good point of okay, it costs you know, you know, six met six metaphorical dollars to run a sports talk radio station, but you get ten, you know, right. ten units of measurement for listeners. It costs. Right. Two metaphorical dollar, one metaphorical, metaphorical, metaphorical dollar to run a comedy station, but you get two listing units. So really, the better payoff is still to pay more people to put out a product that people actually want to listen to, rather than the cheapest thing you can find and hope you get some advertisers to go along with it, which they probably will because it'll all, most of the stuff is packaged across all of the stations within that I company in the market anyway. Well, no, because it'll, it'll just be tied in with the other, you know, you buy on other Bell Media products in Winnipeg, you will get included on Funny 1290. But that's all it's going to be. Yeah. So you're not actually generating any revenue. You're getting like, yeah, okay, you get some bonus spots on Funny 1290. It's your throw. I've done radio sales. That's your. That's like your, your old like, yeah, great. Okay, sponsor the morning show and we'll kick you some evening and weekend spots. That's, that's what all mm-hmm. Funny 1290 is going to be. And yeah. the stupid thing is, is watching all these media companies cry poor that, oh, everybody's in a Spotify and XM radio and streaming and Apple Music and we can't make a go of it. No shit, you're shooting yourselves in the foot. You have $2 billion in the bank. The interest alone on that $2 billion probably paid the salaries of everybody you just laid off at those three radio stations. You had the sports talk market in Winnipeg. There's no other options. Knuckles Irving comes on for two hours every night, and you you can talk about the Bombers, which is great. I love Knuckles. Respect the hell out of the guy. You know, you've got... Host broadcaster slurper syndrome in Vancouver, where everything the Canucks do, despite being a god awful hockey team, I'm watching them right now. They're not very good. You know, you still have host broadcaster slurper syndrome, where the Canucks are still good. You're the host broadcaster. You didn't have an open forum. I already said the things about Hamilton, and yet all these companies are going to continue to watch. Let radio die. A, 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 a business you and I are so passionate about. They're going to just let it die. Uh-huh. Because they don't, they don't care to spend six metaphorical dollars for the ten imaginary units, like Buckhole said. They'd hmm. rather spend the one dollar for the two imaginary units. That, that like, just give away your license if you don't want it. Give well, it away. I mean, I mean, that is one theory that I think Jacques Cartier floated around was they did the dirty work now potentially to sell the licenses, which I, I guess is possible. Yeah. So, so, but here's the problem though, too, is even if like, who's going to buy a radio license these days? Who? I mean, the license still has like the thing. The thing is, it's still a profitable business, despite despite everything that's going on with despite it. Despite the bullshit, it's bullshit. Is yeah. what it is. Despite the bullshit, it is still a profitable business. And from what I've you know, kind of what I've led to myself to you know, what I've kind of learned and understand talking to some people, I mean, Bell Media. Bell was a telecom company first. Um, then they bought Chum and they got into the media game. And they really only wanted the TV stations. They didn't really care for the radio stations, but it came as a package deal. And what happened was they suddenly realized that actually this radio thing is pretty profitable and they've right. basically been squeezing every dollar they can out of it by getting, by quote-unquote streamlining ever since. Right. But rather than doing it properly and like actually having great product that tons of people want to listen to. Because at the end of the but... day, radio is still the easiest format to get in your car. It is still the, 
And it is still the cheapest form of entertainment you can find because you all you have to do is buy a fucking $10 radio. But but here's your future. Here's your future right now, radio. I will tell you what the future is if you keep putting out a shitty product. And I mean this is no disrespect to the people behind no, radio. We still love everyone that works in the industry. I love everybody that works in the industry. There are some phenomenally talented people in Saskatoon, but there are decisions that they are not making. The fact that there are six commercial radio stations in Saskatoon, you hear Bon Jovi on four of them is garbage. Like, I don't fucking... If I hear... We play one of the radio stations in town. I have heard the same song six different times during my day because nobody gives a shit about scheduling music in this city. The jocks, talented, hardworking, love them, right? But again, when you keep cutting, 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 your product gets worse and worse. Here's your future radio. If you want to get as bad as Saskatoon radio, here's a fun fact for you. Saskatoon has the second highest renewal of XM radio subscriptions off your free trial in vehicles. Second highest in North America. You want to know what the highest is? It's a place in Colorado that they don't get any radio because of the mountains. So if you want to keep shooting yourself in the foot, you want to keep cutting back, you want to keep cutting down people, you want to stop putting out good content because you can just stream some guy's stand-up routine heavily censored on your radio and maybe make an extra buck or two, guess what? People are going to switch. People are going to switch. You're going to be like Saskatoon where every damn person in the city has XM Radio or Spotify and nobody listens to the damn station. And that's a goddamn shame because the amount of talented people that are on the radio that are being disrespected by the people up top that praise to the almighty dollar and don't understand that pay some people to make your content and you'll get people listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.